Welcome back to another episode of My Mess is My Message. My name's Allie, and I'm really excited to be with you all today. Today in the podcast, I have Erin, who is a blogger, recipe developer, and the founder of Erin Lives Whole. Erin started her brand back in 2017 as a place to share her own spins on healthier, feel-good foods. I actually discovered Erin when I was recovering from an eating disorder, not only because I was seeking healthy meal ideas, but also because Erin has overcome an eating disorder herself, and following her content gave me a lot of hope. During today's episode, Erin and I talk about her recovery from her eating disorder, what led her to pursue a career in food, and how her career has actually helped her heal her relationship with food. Erin provides us with some incredible advice and things she would tell her younger self, and also gives some insight into some of her favorite recipes. I'm really excited for you all to listen, so let's get into it. Hi, Erin. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. I am like so excited to have you on. I have been following you and your content and all your Instagram um, feeds since like for years. So it's really cool to have you on. Um, just for our audience, if you want to start by introducing yourself, what you do and your age and where you live. Yeah. So I am Erin. Um, and I recently got married, so I'm not used to saying my new last name yet. But um, but I live in Philadelphia with my husband and my golden retriever dog, um, and I am a food blogger. So it's like the most weird career ever, but I basically started a food blog in April of 2017, and it was kind of just something that I was really interested in after I had been like following a lot of other people, and Instagram was really starting to get popular then, so I was like, felt like I was watching these people's lives, and I always loved cooking and baking. And that was just like my absolute favorite thing. My mom always had us in the kitchen. And so I was like, you know what? I can do that too. So I started my own blog. And back then, like it was really easy to go viral or like your recipes could really blow up. So within like the first few years, I gained a decent following, um, decent enough to let me leave my corporate job and take Aaron Loves Whole full time. So I've been doing Aaron Loves Whole full time now for a little over four years. That's awesome and so exciting. And also, just a side note, I mean, Philly, so cool to be living in Philly. I'm from Westchester, Pennsylvania, so it's such a great time to be living there with the Phillies and the Eagles. Yeah. It's a very exciting time right now, and I've so I've lived in, like, the actual city, city for probably the last, like – so I'm almost 30, by the way. I didn't answer that in the last question, but I'm almost 30, and I've lived here since literally I was 21. So I had a few stints back home, like, you know, in between college and stuff that I was living up with my parents, um, but I – eventually moved back here and I just love it here. I just like, I don't ever want to leave. I know one day I'll eventually have to because I, I mean, I guess I don't have to, but I would like to maybe have like a, a backyard. So like with kids and a dog and something that they could actually hang out. But I do love being here. It's very fun. Yeah, it is a great city. Um, Before I jump into questions about like your current career, I would love to hear from you. I know in the past you've been pretty open about having an eating disorder in that journey. I would love to hear from you about kind of what, how it started and what led to you to get help and get and recover. Yeah. So it was something that happened really while I was in college. And a lot of times, every time I would like go into um, like a therapy session, which I'll get more into later, I the kind of the, the therapist would be like, well, let's dig into this. Like what was the trauma that happened or what was the thing that happened? And honestly, I had a excellent childhood. I had a great normal childhood. Food was never glorified. It was never, my mom cooked dinner Monday through Thursday. We got pizza on the weekends. We got McDonald's. Like she, we ate a healthy ish diet, but it was just never the focus, right? Like it was never a huge deal in my house. So I never felt weird around food ever. Um, and then when I went to college, I kind of had this like series of events happen. So I was a freshman at Penn state and like half of the freshman girls rushed to sorority and like people from my high school really just didn't do that. So I didn't really know much about it. And then I started to feel like I was missing out. And I also was 
uh, I had a boyfriend at the time when I was in high school and like we were together for freshman year of college and it wasn't working out well. And there was like a series of events where I kind of felt like my life was spiraling. Like I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my career. I felt like I was the only one who didn't know. Um, I just felt lost. And I decided one day to pick up my running shoes and go for a run. And granted, I was not, I was not exercising at all. Like I did not, I would maybe go to the gym at Penn state for like, I don't know, 20 minutes once a week. Like it really wasn't anything, but I just decided, you know what, like I have so much stress and anxiety. I'm going to like just run some of this off. And it became like one run turned into two runs, turned into three runs to then like me running four or five days a week. And then feeling so good in a weird way because it felt like I had control over something and then realizing, well, oh, if I manage my food as well, I have so much control over my life. And it was control that I had not had in other aspects of my life. And I thrived off of it. I felt like someone was rewarding me for, for, I felt like someone was rewarding me for being so disciplined and, and finally understanding what did I want, what I wanted out of life, which really is not true at all. Um, but I just took it to a new extreme and it within, so this was, it really happened like my summer going into my junior year of college. Um, and by the fall semester of my junior year, I had been seeing a therapist at Penn state's campus, a nutritionist at Penn state's campus. My parents have always been really actively involved in my life. So it wasn't the kind of situation that I could kind of just like get away with it. Um, they noticed it pretty quickly, the changes in my body. And I also was miserable. Like I was really not a fun person to be around and, and I don't blame people like my, I wouldn't go out with my roommates anymore. Um, they would, they actually did contact my parents at one point just because it got so bad and I never really saw it as so bad. Right. I just thought I was like, I finally had control over something and I felt good about it. And I didn't want anyone to bother me. I didn't want anyone to, of course, that's like the typical eating disorder, like signs. You don't want anyone to, you don't want anyone to tell you what to do or anything, but it just basically got so bad that it was like November of my junior year. I was at Penn state. And I remember I was like driving, I would drive home every single weekend after like literally just Friday after my classes, I would just drive back home. And my parents lived like three hours East of Penn state. So it, so it was, it was like, honestly, it was so it was so like hard for me to keep going back and forth and back and forth, but I would leave Monday morning. And one Monday morning I was driving back to Penn state and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And my parents had said to me multiple times, Aaron, if this is too much, you need to come home. You need to come home. And then I finally made the call to my mom as I'm driving up to Penn state. And I said, mom, I think you guys are right. I need to come home. And it was really hard to do because it was, I was also like one of my biggest things is like, I, was a straight A student in high school. I was super into my grades. I didn't want to leave in the middle of a semester and not get credit for the semester. So we made a plan. Basically, I went back and I talked to all my professors and I was able to finish my entire um, semester that year and still get the credits for it. But I came home that November and I know this is a long story, but I went with, I agreed to go with uh, my mom to an outpatient center in Philadelphia called the Renfrew Center. They have an inpatient and an outpatient, but I agreed to go get like a basic evaluation. And this was probably like mid-November of like 20, I want to say 2014, 2013 or 2014. Um, and I basically said, okay, I will go and get an evaluation. Like I knew something, was, I wasn't treating myself right, but I thought they were going to tell me that I needed to come in for like once a week, a 45 minute therapy session. And I was like, 
okay, maybe seeing a therapist would really help, right? So when I got there, they immediately, what they do is they just like talk to you. They take your vital signs just to make sure like everything's okay. And I went by myself because I said to my mom, dad, I can do this. Like I need, I need to be, I'm an adult. Like I need to do this on my own. And they, both my parents were at work and I would, the guy took my vital signs and he looked at me and he said, so you actually only qualify for our inpatient. Um, you don't even qualify for seeing like our outpatient and they have multiple levels of outpatient, but I was really sick. I just didn't really see it that I needed to go to inpatient. And I was like, well, I'm not going <laughs> like, it's not happening. Like I, I was like, I'll get a second opinion, but I basically had to call my mom and dad and be like, um, the doc, he wants to talk to you. The doctor wants to talk to you. And he basically said, I'm really worried about her heart rate. It's extremely low. I really suggest going to this doctor tomorrow. She was based in Roxborough and outside of Philly. And I was like, I was so upset. I remember looking at my parents. I'm like, I'll, all right, I'll go to the doctor, but like, I'm not going to this rent food place. Like they, what, I don't know what they want me to go away. Like I just got home and I, we agreed to what the next morning I went to this doctor. She's a heart cardiac doctor. And she found a, a sack of fluid around my heart and told me that I either had to pack up immediately and go to children's hospital of Philadelphia or they were going to get an ambulance for me because they were worried about me walking because my heart was going to give out. So I got really sick. I was really a lot sicker than I thought. And um, I spent a few days to make, to wrap this up, I spent a few days at, or a few weeks in the hospital. And then I did eventually go to inpatient and I was much more willing and accepting to do it after realizing how sick I really was. And when I went to the inpatient place, I was so terrified. I was like, they are all, they're going to be so different than me. You get there and it's, you're there with 50 other my place was all women, but women who are literally girls and women who are just like you. And you're like, wow, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Like no one's that weird. This is just, we got sick. This is a mental illness. This is something that happened to us and we're going to get through it together. And I made lifelong friends. Like I'm still friends with almost all of the girls that I went to inpatient with because we were there for a month together. So after that, I spent the next two years, two or three years, basically they have you like step down programs. So I did an, I did an intensive outpatient, then I did a regular outpatient, then I just saw a therapist. And it really took me about like three more years until I felt like it was in such a good place that I eventually graduated from my therapist. And it well, it took me a long time. And I really, I think the, one of the things that really uh, changed me was when I finally realized like, I don't want to live this way, right? Like I want to live a fulfilling life and I want to be able to go out on dates. Like I'm now 23 and like, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't consider myself like a suitable candidate for someone. And then I started like going out more with my friends and I met my now husband and he really, without even knowing, pushed me into like challenging myself because you know, when you're going on a date, you want to go get drinks, you want to go get pizza, you want to go do the fun things in life. And I was like, no, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Like nothing's going to hold me back because I want to live a fulfilled life. So really after meeting him, like things just, my life totally changed. So and that, in a weird way, brought me to food, like doing my food blog. Because when it, when I started out my food blog, I was really focused on like healthy baking and cooking. And it's definitely broadened now, but I still do like lightened up versions of things. But there is, I like I, I said yesterday on my Instagram, like I have no food rules. I have no, I don't have to eat a certain diet. I don't, I'm lucky enough that I'm not gluten free. I'm not dairy free. So I basically still just cook it all and eat it all. So. Well, thank you for sharing all that. And um, I mean, there's so many points for me to like talk on, but the first one is like, I know what you mean with the whole control thing. That's kind of where my eating disorders also stem from because 
there's not much you can control in life, but you can control your food and your exercise. And I also can relate to not really knowing like you're losing the weight until like someone really tells you or you hit get to a certain point. Like I remember being down in South Carolina where I went to college and I remember getting to the point where I was mentally drained, like physically exhausted. I was missing. I was never going out with my friends. I was never going out to eat. I was never like drinking, going to bars because I was like scared of everything. And I hit a breaking point. I was like, I need to come home. Um, So I can like completely relate to that. Yeah. And it's amazing because I just, I know for a fact that like, we're just two women sharing our stories. But when I opened up about sharing my story, and that's part of my platform that I've always been really open and honest about, because I just want people to know that like, you may feel like you're alone, but you're not because the amount of women who have said stuff to me that like they've been affected by this or they, their sister or their best friend or something is pretty incredible. Like, it's just wild that this is, it's very, very, it's very common, unfortunately. No, I completely agree. And that's like the purpose of really this podcast is just to like talk about things that people are scared to talk about, but it is so common. Like it's like so helpful to hear that when you're in the inpatient thing, like you're surrounded by just like normal other girls your age. And it's just so common. Like I've started telling my friends about like, obviously over the years they've known I've gone through this, but even more recently talking about it with like newer friends and they'll open up to me about things that I would have never thought that they had an eating disorder or like disorder eating at one point. So yeah, it is really common. I know like, I don't know about you, but my journey with like recovering was not very linear. I ran into a lot of obstacles. Is that similar to how yours was or is? Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like when I talk about those like two to three years after, um, like after I was like graduated from my therapy, it, I mean, it was still like, I had to literally sit myself down multiple times and be like, all right, are you going to do this? or Are you not going to do this? Because like your future is dependent on this. And I just would like look back at all of my reminders and like, I want kids and I want a family and I don't, I can't have that if I'm like this, like I really can't. And I, I wanted a significant other. I wanted someone that could love me for me, not because of what I was eating, which most people don't care anyway. It's mostly in your head. So I went, I, I wouldn't say like, I was always on an upward trend, but I definitely had setbacks because that's just the reality of the situation. When you let something like really get in your head for so long, it's, it's hard to fight those demons and fight that battle. And that's why like, I really relied on a lot of resources like therapy and friends. And I was just open with people about it so that, and like my parents so that they could hold me accountable for situations. And that was hard because no one wants to be held accountable, right? No one wants to, their parent to say when you're 22 years old, like, Hey, you need to eat your dinner. Like you're 22. It's like, it's just not a great feeling. And, but I sometimes had to do that if I knew that I wanted to like heal. So. No, definitely. I always like said, like when I was like recovering, I'd always tell my mom, I'm like, mom, like maybe I physically gained enough weight to be somewhat healthy, but I know like mentally I still have so much heal from because I like the amount of like stuff I used to tell myself or labeled food as good as bad. It's hard to overcome that. It takes time and just getting more comfortable being around food. And like, I know what you mean when you met your, met your boyfriend, it made it a lot easier. My, I started dating my boyfriend, like, um, a little over a year now. And like, I feel like that's when my healing really started to propel forward. Cause like we would hang out a lot and I really want to go out to dinner with him. I want to go out to drinks with him. And like, also he's a guy, so he doesn't, or he doesn't think as much about the food, which is so awesome. Like it just takes the emphasis off the food. And like, I don't know. It also was a great like motivator and helped me heal my relationship. And I feel like since dating him, it's really helped me grow. Cause it's really challenged me to like Oh, like do things that I'm not, wasn't fully comfortable with before. 
definitely. I think if you find someone that you're just like, oh, I want to spend my time with this person. Like I'll do anything to spend my time with this person. You start forgetting about like all of your like old and your rigid ways, right? Because a girl who has an eating disorder, this is like a stereotype, but this is what I think is that she's extremely rigid and she's really in, she wants to be on a routine and she wants her, her way or the highway. And when you throw someone else in that mix, it makes it, it makes it complicated to be so rigid and everything. So I think that honestly, like it's such a blessing in disguise, like meeting someone and, and wanting to spend your time with them because it just helps you to like fast track to that healing. Yeah. And even like, if like someone doesn't have a boyfriend or like a partner, but like also just like surrounding yourself with friends that are like willing to like help you and challenge you, but also like be there for you. If like, you know, just be understanding of everything because it's really just like, sometimes I feel like I was stuck in my ways because I wasn't putting myself out there enough. I wasn't being like going out to eat and stuff like that. I was getting stuck in my routine because I was like hanging out a little bit too much by yourself. So I think it's important to really like put yourself out there, build those relationships. Cause at the end of the day, that's what's so much more important. Like you don't want to like look a certain way because I don't know. Right. Right. Like the idea, like I think the main idea of like a lot of the times when people are sick there, they want to be, they want to be in a smaller body. Right. So, and they think that that is going to get them friends and popular and a good life and happiness. and, And it's actually the exact opposite. And it's really hard to see that until you hit rock bottom and you're like, look where I am. Like I might be my smallest body now, but I'm actually my most miserable person ever. And that's horrible. Right. And I think a lot of, it takes you to get there before you can realize that like, okay, I don't actually want to be there. Completely. I mean, I remember like the reason, like, I feel like the start of my eating disorders began was because I had like gained a little bit of weight. And I remember like my first thought was like, no boys are going to like me if I'm like not skinnier or whatever, which is so not true. But at the time, like that's where my head was at. And I was like, once I lose this weight, I'll be happy. And it was once I lost the weight, like significantly, like lower than I should be. Like, is like you said, like it was like my most unhappiest time. So um, what is like something you wish you knew at the back then that like now you can see looking back, like any advice? Yeah. I would just say that like, I, I wish I knew how, um, how much it would, I mean, it's so hard because I've really turned lemonade out of lemons for my career and everything, just like being able to express all this stuff. So like, I'm never upset at the fact that I had an eating disorder and that I went through all of that because I feel like it really did make me a stronger person. But if I could go back to myself in pre college, I would just say like, you've, you've got to be more confident and you've got to be more like, this is you, the way you look does no, literally no one cares, literally no one cares. And if that's what you feel like is like a good control for you, then you're wrong because you're just going to be extremely unhappy. Like find something else to channel your like control, like find a new hobby or a new passion or do something else. Um, just because I feel like it's just not worth it. Like I can, I see so many people or or so many people like message me saying that they had, they're worried about a friend or a sister who's like slipping. And I, and they're like, what would you say to her? And I would just say, honestly, like you got to talk to her and just be like, I know that this is a really tough situation, but your life is meant to be lived and you need to go out there and, and, and just remember that it's not about the size of your body. It's about how, what kind of memories you make and what kind of impact you have on people. Because no one likes to hang out with someone who doesn't ever want to hang out with them and who just wants to be like at home on their couch or in their bed, you know? Totally. So. And, and what you said in the beginning, just like about like changing yourself or like being in a smaller body, like I think the entire time I thought I wasn't enough and I always needed to change the way I look to be like fit in. But like, that's not the case. Like once I realized I was enough the way I was, I didn't have to plead like – I didn't have to like look a certain way to please others or have friends. Like that was kind of the moment I think that really propelled my journey of healing. Cause I was like, wow, I can just be who I am and just 
be accepted. And the right people will stay. And, you know, you might not everyone, you're not going to be friends with everyone. Right. I know. And honestly, like one of the things too is like, I've just realized that like being this like picture perfect, whatever that even means, is just not even something that I want, right? Like I don't want to see these people on TikTok or Instagram. I'm like, I'm not jealous or envious of your life at all. Like, I don't want that bikini model. Like, I really don't. So it's like, why would I get so worked up about that? You know what I mean? Like, why would I want to have a smaller body? Like, I'm so much happier. And I just think that, like, there's you, there's so much out there in life, like traveling and um, visiting people and just like that I've been able to explore now that I've been recovered, right? And I've been able to eat the foods from different cultures. And I've been able to do things on a whim on a Friday night. And I've been able to um, not have regrets about drinking too much or eating too much. And it's like, that's, that's what's worth it, you know? Totally. Every time, like, you know, every now and then like thoughts will bubble up, be like, oh, I feel like I ate a lot. Like I shouldn't go out to dinner, even though I made the plan. It's like, every time I like say yes to going, I'm always like, I'm so glad I went. Like going out and being with people was what I want out of life. I don't want to like look a certain way. I just add on to that. But I also am just curious, like since you did at one point, like exercise maybe a little bit more than like you probably should have been, how has that evolved where now you exercise in like a way that makes you happy? And how did you kind of find that? Yeah. So that has always been a thing. Like I've always loved to exercise and for a long period of time. And by always, I mean like after college, like I really enjoyed, like, so it's what started in college. I really kind of overdid it, right? Like I was just like, all right, I found this. This is making me feel really in control of myself. Like, um, and, but I also realized that there was, there is a benefit to it, right? There's a benefit to helping clear your mind, but it's when you cross that line and it becomes obsessive that it's not healthy. And mine was like, I would have like pain in my legs because my legs were so tired because I like couldn't rest. And, um, that was part of my recovery. I took two full years off of exercise Um, and it was wild because at first I was like, no way I could never do that. I could never do that. But it helped me so much because after about a month I was like, well, I really don't care anymore. Like I, you know what I mean? Like you start to just like you, if you were to like refeed your body, you eventually stop what seems so impossible becomes more manageable. And I knew I needed to do it. I did it with the help of a therapist. Um, but then when I started like adding exercise back into my life, it I had to be really careful and mindful of the fact that like, I can't let this be an extreme, right? Like you can't ever be, but I also was in such a different mindset that I didn't want it to be an extreme because I still work out. I work out like five days a week, but for me, it's like, that is something that I do that I I enjoy it. And I do what I like. I no longer do things that like, uh, I feel like are punishing me or like, I need to work really hard or lift really heavy weights or I need to run X amount. For me, it's like, I have a Peloton. I love that. I've do I've found like a couple different girls that do like workout apps. So I've started to like learn how to like lift weights properly. Um, but it's it's definitely can be really hard if you feel like you're like it's hard to go from like all to nothing, right? So you so for me it was like having those two years off in between really helped me to realize that like I don't actually need this to survive and be a healthy human. Like I just but this is something that I will use in my future for stress management and also like I do enjoy working out, but it just never more than a certain amount of time and you just have to be real with yourself and be in check with yourself because like I said like it's very normal for people to work out but it's when you turn it into something that's not normal and it's excessive and it's multiple hours and multiple times a day that's when you have a problem you know 
Definitely. And I think like once you tone it back a little bit on the exercise, it actually allows you to kind of get in touch a little bit with what your body needs to fuel itself that day. Cause I found when I was over exercising, like my body would be craving so much food and would make me uncomfortable to eat that much. But it's like the moment I toned it back and did a little bit less, it like allowed me to get more in touch with what I want and allowed me to follow my hunger cues a little bit better than when I was over exercising. Yeah, for sure. It definitely like when, oh my gosh, it definitely is like such a appetite. Like it makes your appetite so messed up, but also like the fact that like I would, so then on days, like, I guess like there was a period like two years ago when I lived right near um, a solid core that I was doing solid core a lot instead. And it's just like, it's not like I was, I've always been like a cardio girl. Right. And I never really lifted weights or I never did like Pilates type of stuff. And I loved it so much. Like I loved it. And it's not, it's a, it's a non-intense, it's a low impact workout, but it's very hard. It's like really, really tough, but it's just all about your core. And so it's not anything that like, you don't leave dripping sweat. Like I, I barely would sweat during the class, but it was just like such these little tiny movements and stuff. And for me, like I was like not as hungry as I was when I was like doing these really intense workouts. And I remember being like, oh, this is what they mean when they say like, you're not always going to be absolutely serving because I just had always been doing such intense workouts. You know what I mean? So kind of to your point of being like, I got in touch with my hunger cues and realized like, what do I actually want? What do I, what am I actually hungry for? Yeah, no, exactly. And once you kind of like realize that it just is, it makes it so much easier to navigate kind of like getting back into eating and everything. Um, I'm curious with your career, was it ever hard having this background with eating disorders to then be a food creator and a food blogger? So it never really was. And I think it was part of my transition into my healing is that like at first when I started it, I was still like focused on eating like healthier versions of things. And you can kind of see if you go back and look at like the beginning of Aaron Lives Whole to now, like the recipes are totally different, right? I don't don't like use, like I think I was really just focused on like ingredients and using like healthy ingredients. And now it's like I use every ingredient under the sun. And I do still say like lightened up for some things, but guess what? There are a ton of people out there who want lightened up versions of things. That's not necessarily diet, right? It's not like I don't use diet. I don't use like low fat foods. I don't use like that kind of stuff. But for me, it's just like when I started it, when I started it, I like loved being around food and I loved baking and I loved cooking, but I used to only bake and cook for other people because I was so afraid of the food. And so then when I started making these healthier versions, I was eating them myself. Like I was testing them myself and it kind of forced me in a way to be like more comfortable with eating a whole variety of foods. And also like having cookies at 11 a.m. when I'm testing them because like, what am I going to, I'm not, I don't want to put them up if they actually are not good. Right. Like I want them to be good. And granted, I would ask like my family and my neighbors, my friends, but still, it's just like, for me, this, it was like a huge helper in actually like my healing process. And I look back on that now and notice that because I remember like I would make things and I'd be like, well, I have to try this because like, I can't not, like, I just made this recipe. I can't not, I can't put it up on the blog if I don't know how what it tastes like. And I, I don't want to rely on just like other people. So for me, it, it kind of really, I feel like it honestly helped me. Um, and now as it is, like, I mean, I, I love being around food all day. It's just like, that's my passion. And I've really like educated myself and, and done a lot of research on like food and cooking and culinary stuff. So, but yeah, it definitely was like, at first it, you can, I can get why a lot of people are like, if they have a question, like, well, how could you be surrounded by food all day if, if you do nothing but think about food all day? And I'm like, well, I think they go hand in hand together. But then like once I started doing it more and having to actually eat this stuff, it really helped me heal, honestly. No, that's awesome. And I think just the constant exposure probably made you a lot more comfortable on the food and also realizing like looking at yourself in the mirror and be like, wow, my body actually looks great. Like when I feel it with things that I want and I'm craving um, and not restricting or like labeling foods as good and bad. I'm curious like how, where you get your recipe inspiration from? Because 
I feel like you have like a great variety of content. So where do you get your inspiration from? Thank you. I, it's so funny. Like I, so I love like New York times cooking and I love Bon Appetit and like I, I cook seasonally. Right. So like if I'm, if it's, well, I cook like a few months ahead seasonally. So we, I did all of my Thanksgiving recipes in June because I like space things out because I need to get them up on the blog, but I just try to basically cook seasonally. So if I'm thinking about, okay, so my next batch of content will be for like the new year. And a lot of the times like people in the new year like to eat more like lighter foods. They like more like sheet pan, easy dinners. So then I think that, and then I'm like, okay, well, what would be a good idea? I've already done like two chicken ones. So let's do like a, um, a sausage one, or let's do something that's like shrimp. Um, so honestly, my inspiration comes from seeing other people on Instagram, like, like the accounts like New York times and Bon Appetit. Like I follow all of theirs, like all of those like culinary, um, like outlets. I love those, but cooking seasonally. So like, I know I'm like, all right, Thanksgiving, you've got to have mashed potatoes. You've got to have stuffing. There's different varieties of it. But my mom was a really good cook growing up and my brother is a huge foodie. So all of us combined have just like, we just love, we love food and we love cooking. And I grew up, like, like I said, like my mom cooked every night, Monday through Thursday, or probably Sunday through Thursday, really. Um, traditional American diet. So a lot of casseroles, a lot of like chicken dishes, a lot of that kind of stuff. But I, I always did see like how she would do a lot of soups in the winter and a lot of like lighter grilling in the summer. And so that has always been like a mindset for me. Like that's, that's what you do. That's what you make. So it's, it's been fun. I honestly love getting creative. I ask, I pull my Instagram audience a lot asking for like recipe, recipe recommendations for like, I don't know, for fall or for, for I said for January, I just one yesterday for January. So just, and they really help me because people are really creative, but sometimes people are too creative and I'm like, I could never do that. Yeah, totally. And I, yeah, the seasonally is awesome. And I saw today that you posted one with a gluten-free coffee cake, which I'm super excited about because I have, so I have celiac disease. So I'm also gluten-free. So I like love your page because there's so many gluten-free options. Yes. I have tons of gluten-free stuff in that. Honestly, like mostly all of my recipes at first were like gluten-free. I was using almond flour or like alternative flours. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm not actually gluten-free. So like, I don't need to do just gluten-free. So I have a variety of things on there. Like, obviously not, but I do like, I love almond flour. Like I'm obsessed with baking with it. I think it tastes so good. So I have a ton of gluten-free stuff. That's awesome. And then also I'm always curious, like, cause you probably spend a lot of money on groceries. Have you found a way to like budget well, or like when you go to the grocery store, how to like make sure you're not overspending? Yeah. So it's been super interesting, especially since I live in the city. So like if I, I don't grow, I try not to grocery shop that much because it's just a pain, right? It's, I, I do have a car in the city, but, um, I do a lot of Instacart. And so, well, once a month, my husband and I will go to Costco. So like that helps because I will stock up on stuff like honey or maple syrup. Cause I do a lot of baking and, and those things add up really quickly. Like maple syrup's expensive. So I will stock up on like my honey, my vanilla, my maple syrup, any of my sugars, my flowers, cause they have them at Costco for a really good price. Um, and then besides that, like my weekly grocery bill isn't that crazy because what I do is I plan out like, okay, so I'm going to make four recipes this week. I'm going to make a breakfast recipe. I'm going to make a dinner recipe. I'm going to make a dessert. And then I'm going to make um, something for the freezer. And then my husband and I will eat that throughout the week. So I'm doubling down kind of like doing, yes, this is for the blog, but it's also what we're eating during the week. So it's not like I'm like doing all this extra kind of stuff. I mean, every once in a while I do an extra recipe or two, um, but either I'll freeze it or we'll just have it in addition or we'll eat it on the weekend or something. So, but yeah, so I try to be pretty good about it. Honestly, like I'm not the world's best budgeter, but I also just like, I shop at like local grocery stores that are like, I'm not always using like a big 
big brand name that's like very expensive or anything. I'm just shopping at like a local, whatever, little chain grocery store. That's awesome and great advice. I'm still like definitely since graduating college, navigating, finding like budgeting and whatever. So I'm always curious. Um, I'm also wondering what's like, so when I like being, especially having celiac, I love like health food brands or new like gluten-free products at, like Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. Do you have any like favorites, like favorite brands that you buy? Oh, this is a really good question. Um, so I'm, I, well, I'm trying to think of something specifically gluten-free. There's this one company that it's called Daring Foods and they make like a um, whole bunch of different, they make like coconut chips and they make, and they're like all different flavors. So they're like salty and sweet. And they're like, I love them putting them on like yogurt bowls. I also am obsessed with purely Elizabeth granola. That is like my absolute favorite. She has a lot of uh, grain-free ones as well. So I really love, I felt like they've been in the industry forever and they are just so good. Um, I'm trying to think what else I like. I like, I think that I, the whole, like, I drink a lot of coffee. So the whole trend on like these new alternative milks has been really fun for me to get into. Um, because I really think like I'm always on the hunt for like the best, the milk that frosts the best, or is like the best of my iced coffee, my hot coffee. So a lot of like the oat creamers now are really good. And I really like this one brand. It's called Sown, S-O-W-N. And they have it at my Sprouts and they also have it at my Whole Foods and it is the best creamer ever. So people have to go try that. Okay. I love it. I'm definitely going to definitely check those out at Whole Foods the next time I'm there. Um, also, what is like your favorite um, recipe you've ever created or that's on your blog or dessert or any of your favorites? I'll give you a dessert and a meal. I feel like it's always changing. Um, one of something that's like very, very popular on my site, I have like a one pot pasta dish. And I think it's so good because I actually use this brown rice pasta, which I, that's like my favorite if you're wondering because you're gluten-free. That's my favorite gluten-free pasta because I feel like it holds up the best compared to like a chickpea. So brown rice pasta is always my go-to if I'm using gluten-free. And then it's a one-pot pasta and it has like sauce and it has – you can add meat to it. It has a sausage in it um, and it has a ton of veggies and it has some cheese and it all cooks in one pot. It's pretty amazing because it like soaks up all the broth and you don't even have to drain the pasta or anything. It's pretty awesome. And then dessert – so the – the recipe that like kind of took off for when I was just starting, I made chickpea brownies and I have not made them in like two years probably, but that is really what made Erin Lipshole go viral at first. It was really cool. Um, but that's definitely not necessarily my favorite anymore. I like anything that's like chocolate peanut butter on my website. So any, like I have a chocolate peanut butter, banana bread. I have, um, I love any of like, I have like a, like a tart that's like thick chocolate ganache, which I love that, but it's dairy free. Uh, honestly, I really love dessert. So like any of, any of the banana breads, any of the cookies, and I do a cookie week every year. So around Christmas time. So I do a whole, um, like seven to eight days of just all new cookie recipes for the holidays. Yeah. I'll definitely check those out. I mean, chocolate peanut butter is definitely the best combo for dessert. So I mm-hmm. definitely will look at those. I'm, I know just going to like mention my favorites are definitely, I love your carrot cake. That is, oh yeah. That's a good yeah one. Cause that the cream cheese be frosting is so good. And it's like the ingredients are so um, like pure, and it's just like how does this turn into this? Like it's like pumpkin in it. It's so it's good. so good, and I feel like the ingredients are so like make it so okay to eat for like even for breakfast or like like yeah, totally. Yeah. I remember I made it and like ate it for like almost every meal of the day. And then I love baked um, chicken fajitas, like the sheet pan. Those are awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good one too. That's a really good one. Yeah, the sheet pan ones. I need to do more of those. They're great. And then my, I have two last questions that I always like to end with. Um, the first one being, what's something you do every day that brings you joy? For me, that is walking my dog. And I have even just walking, I guess I could just say, cause even if you don't have a dog. Um, but mine is, I just realized there was so much time that I spend behind my computer, in my kitchen, at my house. And 
I have to deal with like my stress and my anxiety in certain ways. And I could just let it all fester. But if I just go for a 10, 15 minute walk, that is something that I do every day. It's a non-negotiable and it makes me a different person when I walk from, from when I walk out my door to when I walk back in my door, it makes me a different person. And I just have realized how much calmer it makes me. So whether that's just walking with my dog or honestly putting a podcast in and, and walking just like literally 15 minutes. So that's literally mine. Mine's like going for a walk every day, like every morning and like listening to a podcast is like my favorite. Do you have any yep. favorite podcasts? So I listen to um, the Healthier Together podcast with Liz Moody. I really like that one. Um, I like the Morning Toast. I listen to the Morning Toast. Um, and uh, what, what other podcasts am I listening to? I think that's basically, those are like my top favorite ones. The Skinny Confidential one I like as well. But those are the ones that I'm like actively checking to make sure if they post. I got them. Yeah, those are all great. And then the last question is, what's your favorite quote or piece of advice? My favorite, so I, my favorite piece of advice that, I got from my therapist and this is something that I always said to myself in times when after I was done seeing her she would always say to me like if you are so I want she's always look at me and be like I want you to try to do this thing x thing and it would be something that's hard and she's like and if it makes you so uncomfortable that you can't possibly do it anymore and you can't possibly do it another day then you can go back to your old way and so for me, it would be like, she's like, I want you to go and go get ice cream three nights in a row and, or two nights in a row or something like that. And she'd be like, and if you absolutely hate it and you hate me and you're so mad, you can go back to being your old way, but you didn't like that old way anyway. So for me, it was just being like, go do this and it will never be like too challenging and too crazy and too much for you. Cause I think people just, I'm a, I'm a projector and I make things a lot worse in my head. So it's like, you know, go out and do that thing that scares you. And if it scares you too much and you hate it too much, then you can go back to being yourself. I love that. That's great advice. Thank you so much for being here. Before I let you go, I want to just see, um, just let everyone know where they can find you, follow you. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, so I'm on Instagram. It's at Erin lives whole and that's W H O L E. And then my blog is Erin lives whole.com and it's the same handle everywhere on TikTok and everywhere else. So Pinterest and everything. So, okay, great. Well, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. 